Metuneter Volume 6, The Raw Initiation System. Chapter 2. Archangels and Angels in the West. What are angels? Keeping in mind what was said about angels in the preceding chapter, that they are the sources of the various personalities and talents exhibited by people. Let's take an in-depth look at the Western ideas concerning angels. To get a clear idea about the popular beliefs about angels, let's turn to a college edition of a leading dictionary, the New World Dictionary of American English. Angel, one, a messenger of God, be a supernatural being, either good or bad, to whom are attributed greater than human power, intelligence, etc. Two, a guiding spirit or influence, one's good angel. Three, a conventional figure of a white robed figure in human form with wings and a halo. The belief that angels are messengers of God goes back to the Old Testament where the word for angel is malak, a messenger. In the Old Testament, we are told how the angel of God, Yahweh, appeared to Hagar in the desert, how it prevented Abraham from sacrificing his son Isaac, how it had appeared to Moses as the burning bush, and so on. The angel is also said to appear in the form of a man when it appeared to Joshua near Jericho, and so on. In reality, the Hebrews of the OT did not clearly distinguish the angels as spiritual beings from man. The same conception of angels as messengers is found in the New Testament. What is of critical importance to us at this point is the chief difference between the ancient Egyptian conception of angels versus the Arabic, which later in this agreement with the universal Western conception. In the comedic angel, in the comedic, angels dwell within man as integral parts and faculties of his being, while in the Western world they are entities separate, different, and apart from man. Christianity teaches, for example, that the law, the Torah, was derived through the ministry of the angels in contrast to the new law, which was manifested by Christ. Galatians 3.19 Suppose you could cultivate a faculty within your being, the angel within your spirit, to intuit the laws of God yourself. In this book, you will learn to do so with the mantra, Asal Ja, and many others. And suppose that that which is called the Christ, which is separate from Jesus, was an archangelic faculty within you. Would you not strive to manifest the new law in your life? This is the spirit of your divine self, Alsar. We are told that an angel released Peter and John from prison. Were you able to unjustly imprison? Wouldn't it be good to know that there is a faculty within your spirit that can get you out of jail? The faculty with, resides within you and you will learn the many hakal that can be used to awaken the power within you. 
We are also taught in the Bible that Satan has his angels as well. Well, does that not mean that Satan dwells within everyone? And shouldn't you know how to identify and destroy the evil working of this faculty within you? Do not the stories of serial murderers and mass murderers that govern the worldly powers on earth make the stories about Satan sound like fairy tales? Unless Satan is the source of all that is evil in all men. The teaching that angels are messengers from God and therefore entities that are separate and outside of man is one of the greatest errors in religious practice and experience in the world. It is one of the two major causes of the retardation of progress in man's spirituality and civilization. The teaching totally trivialized the role of angels in religion and spirituality and later on in psychology. No one bothers with them except Hollywood producers. On the other hand, we will see that the angels are faculties of God's man gods and man's spirit working and on these faculties is the centerpiece of comedic religion and spirituality it is one of the two major religious practices that make up the comedic religion one dealt with the cultivation of the divinity of man's self the Alsurian initiation system and the other dealt with the cultivation of the spirit, the raw initiation system. The key to understanding the most important role of angels is supplied by the word genius. The word genius denotes great talent, intelligence, and ability that is not dependent on education. It is an indwelling ability that one brings to an area of life expression. The word is derived from the Greek genie and the Muslim, actually the Indo-Aryan in Persian, jinn, J-I-N-N. Genie, G-E-N-I-I, are spirits, angels that act as tutelary spirits or deities to people and have major influences in their lives, performances, and destinies. Like the Muslim jinn and the Christian and Arabic angel, the genie, G-E-N-I-I, possesses superhuman powers and can be good or evil. In place of superhuman powers, read spiritual abilities. Then you will understand that the so-called superhuman powers of angels are nothing more than the spiritual abilities that are the birthright of every woman and man. What is most important is the above definitions of genius and genie is the fact that genius resides inside of man's being as the source of her exceptional talent or high IQ. Contrast this to the Western belief that the genie resides outside and is separate from the person and that genius in man was the gift of the genie. The guardian or personal tutelary teaching angel. It is interesting that many gifted people in Europe were accused of receiving their genius from making a pact with the spirits or the devil. 
Franz Litz, one of the world's greatest pianists, for example. <clears throat> Once we learn to look at the subject from the perspective of ancient Egypt, we will see that the goal of the raw initiation was the cultivation and development of genius, health, wealth, spirituality, and well-being in the life of individuals and the nation. This is due to the fact that what are called angels or genie or jinn, J-I-N-N, are faculties that reside in all men as integral, functional faculties of the spirit. Incidentally, while geniuses are few and far in between in the world today, they were commonplace in ancient Egypt. The great advances in civilization, the way ahead of all other nations, is the evidence. Monotheism, polytheism, patriarchy, and matriarchy. How and why Western people came to wrong ideas about angels, deities, and God is lost in their prehistory as they were illiterate when they dawned on the horizon of history. We will see that the West's inability to understand what angels are was caused by their misunderstanding of what and who is God. What is God and or what is a God and what is God? Any valid discussion of the history of religion must begin with the understanding of what is a God. And what is God? The erudite editors of Webster's New Universal Unabridged Dictionary 1996 by Random House Value Publishing Inc. define the word God as follows. The one supreme being, the creator and ruler of the universe. You cannot define a word through its equally unknown synonym, God Supreme Being. Quote, one of the several deities, especially a male deity presiding over some portion of worldly affairs. Same God deities. The Supreme Being understood as life, truth, love, mind, soul, spirit, principle. An image of a deity, an idol. Any defiled, defied, deified person or object. You must understand that to define God as the supreme being and the creator of the universe says nothing of the word if you do not have a clear understanding of what makes God the supreme being and how the universe was created by this being. It is the deficit of understanding that led to the concepts of monotheism and polytheism and the exclusion of God from science and the secularism and misdirected religiosity that is sweeping the world today. It is the reason for the inability of Western scholars to understand the ancient Egyptian teachings that man is a divine and not a human being for the inability to understand that if man was made in the image and likeness of God as stated in the Old Testament, then he, she is not human, but divine. Simple logic. 
As we go through this book, we will learn that many of the various entities that have been called archangels, gods, and deities are in reality faculties through which God created and administers the world. These are some faculties reside these same faculties reside in man's spirit. This is the substance of the claim that man has been made in the image and likeness of God. In the same manner that physical living things are composed of many faculties through which to carry out their activities in the world, so is God's spirit. Western scholars have never to this date understood this. Your physical body is composed of many organs and organ systems that work in harmony with each other through the unifying function of the brain. You don't, because of this knowledge, restrict the care of your body to the brain. It would be foolish for you to do so. Yet, this is what Western religion has done. It has restricted itself to the Godhead and has ignored the rest of the body, the faculty, the spirit through which the Godhead, God, the Supreme Being, creates and administers the universe. You could... What could man accomplish with his present brain if his body was that of a serpent? Ancient Egyptian religion makes it clear that the Neturu, archangels and angels, so-called deities, are part of God's and man's spirit. The cultivation of the head of the spirit and the rest of its body was the foundation of the religion of Kemet. It is no wonder that Western scholars claim that religion proper did not exist in ancient Egypt. It has always been there. They just could not recognize it. The inability to understand that the deities were integral parts of the spirit of, yes, the one God, Western man came up with the gross erroneous concept of monotheism and polytheism. Why do I refer to it as gross? Consider the millions of people that have lost their lives or were doomed to a poor quality of life as a result of ungodly treatment in the name of the one God. Imagine doctors being locked up and killed for treating the liver, kidneys, heart, etc. when proper medical practice was supposed to be limited to treating the brain the command center or supreme being of the body. Yet, there was a great deal of dishonesty, as we shall later see, when the knowledge of archangels and angels passed into Western religions. They were demoted to the status of messengers and lower-level intermediaries for God to thus allow Western religions to benefit from their presence in their religion without incurring the stigma of polytheism. Samuel in the Kabbalah is given the status of an archangel while its counterpart in the Yoruba tradition, Ogun, is classified as a deity. So is Herukahuti in ancient Egypt. The ploy allows the Hebrew people to benefit from the knowledge of this faculty of God and yet to retain their monotheistic status, while the other people are reduced to the level of polytheistic primitism.
As we will learn later on in this book, the Godhead aspect of God and man is the initiator of all events in the world while the spirit is the executor. The Godhead wills the spirit carries the will out. God proposes and the spirit disposes. This complementary duality is reflected in biology. The male contributes the sperm and the female carries the fetus to term and brings forth the child. This latter understanding caused the ancient scholars to create the metaphor of God as male and the spirit as female. It was partially due to the reality that the spirit, the female aspect of God's being, played the major role in bringing forth the will of God that caused the African religions to give prominence to the female side of God, the mother goddess. Women play a major role in religious practices that are centered on the spirit as opposed to the Godhead. And then the ancient African societies that dominated the Middle East before the coming of Eurasians to the area when the latter who were patriarchal people migrated to the area they found nations in which religions centered on the mother goddess and the social organization was matriarchal or matrilineal and their conquest of the africans of the area it was not enough to take possession of the land they had to overturn the matriarchal the mother goddess systems. Since the goddess represented the spirit of God, the knowledge of angels had to also come under attack. They are all part of the same attack. Matriarchy, women, deities, angels, the spirit. The concept of polytheism was invented to rationalize the attack and the destruction of the matriarchy, which was the root of the political power of the Africans and the mother goddess spirit initiation system, which was the foundation of the power of the matriarchy and the priesthood. Remember that the master key to destroying a people is the destruction of their knowledge of awakening and developing the source of genius and spiritual power within them. Women and the mother goddess, God's Holy Spirit, and the angels were degra degraded and demoted all over the patriarchal world. The mythologies of the Babylonians, Greeks, Romans, and Jews are full of tales of evil side of women and the goddesses and how they were the chief causes of evil in the world and how the male gods eventually destroyed or subjugated them and eventually replaced them. Similarly, Ra was demoted to a god of the sun. These are the facts that have been well documented in history, yet I truly believe that if you do not want the majority of people to know something, put it in a history book. Ceremonial magic. A major consequence of the false idea 
that the angels are entities that reside outside of man's being and are endowed with powers superior to man led to the Western practice of ceremonial magic. It is an elaborate system that has its objective, the invocation of angels to become visible to the magician to perform certain tasks. Divulge information regarding treasures, healing, meaning of dreams, prophecies, influencing the lives of people in the outcome of events, etc. An examination of the biographies and writings of these so-called magicians has failed to reveal the realization of genius or that these men and women have imparted any wisdom or have made any meaningful contribution to society or to mankind. Yet they were supposed to have been working as they claim with the same angels that the ancient Egyptians relied upon to develop their magnificent civilization. One of the very misleading pictures that came out of this tradition is the belief that man's dealing with angels requires the use of wands, daggers, swords, cups, crystal balls, the drawing of a protective circle, a triangle as the locus for the manifestation of angel or spirit, the drawing of pentacles and six-pointed stars in the air to invoke and to banish all sorts of paraphernalia. These are nothing more than symbols of realities that must be cultivated in the being of supernatural, of the spiritual aspirant. If you manufacture a sword in place of cultivating wisdom, you will most likely not you will most likely just cut yourself or somebody. Nothing more needed to be said. Once we fully go into the subject, you will discover how far off track Western man has gone on the subject of angelology. And why not? Did he not destroy the mother goddess initiation into the spirit raw system? Did he not banish women from the high places in the houses of God? Did he not desecrate women? No, the angels are not to be called to manifest in a triangle. They are the sources of your personality and talents. And all that you have to do is to learn the rules of going into the divine female that resides in your being she is not the subconscious. She is the Holy Spirit. And here ends the reading of chapter 2.